0: She was like a home care nurse for you. And she would come to my house. She would um, help me do my homework. She would hold my son, feed him, give me mothering skills and tips. Wow. That's um, so great. Amazing. I mean, like, to be perfectly honest, if I would have made that decision, life would have been totally different for me.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Liang Kang, and this is GRPS Uncovered. That was Candace Todd talking about how enrolling in Park School, a GRPS school for pregnant teenage girls in the late 1990s, considerably helped her to navigate motherhood as a teenager, as well as stay on track with school. Curiously, Park no longer exists. I think it was closed sometime in the 2010s. Candace, a home care assistant for autistic children and a mom of four, also walks us through her time in several other GRPS schools from the late 1980s to 2001. After interviewing her, I found that only two of the five schools she attended remain open. What struck me about Candace's interview was after her Montessori experience in pre-K, most of the other schools gave off, in her words, an education-to-prison pipeline vibe. Yet she enjoyed school. She had great teachers who enjoyed her personality and nurtured her leadership skills, which helped her to build confidence and develop friendships into middle school and high school. Her schooling experience also greatly explains the values and commitments she holds today. This is a rich interview where we also end up talking about how her two sons' experience in GRPS did not mirror their mom's. The interview also left me wondering about Park and why it had been closed when it so benefited the community, giving hope to pregnant teenagers and teenage moms. Hope you listen on. The first school I attended
0: was called Ridgemore. That was like the preschool. And it could have been Head Start, actually, as well. I know that. It kind of fluctuates back and forth on the wording of it all. Okay. So what I take from Richmond, a lot of creativity. It was um, a very creative time for me. I remember, I don't really remember how I got there, but I do remember when I walked in, the environment was very kiddish-like. It was like a slide in there. They had different areas of like play and learning spots. It kind of reminds me of like the Children's Museum. It was like every spot was some type of colors or shapes. I actually sent my sons there when I had them. So it allowed me to keep those memories fresh in my brain. They had programs that helped children that was a little bit behind, you know, in maybe their numbers or uh, things like that. So I know that that experience for me was a big part of me feeling confident and moving along, getting older and and going further in school. The environment was really loving, learning, concerned, and caring and things like that. So moving forward, then I was at Sigsby School, which I don't have a lot of fond memories of Sigsby. I don't feel like I was there very long um, because we moved. And then so I went to a different school. But I guess my experience from Sigby that I would like to pinpoint on that I feel like especially kids don't get to have these dynamics anymore is that, like I said, my grandma lived across the street, but only a few houses down. All the kids that went to that school at that particular time typically lived in that neighborhood. My mom grew up in that house. So I grew up in that neighborhood. So I already knew kids. You know, even though we were young, we still played. You know, that's when kids played outside, actually. So, you know, we were actually playing and getting to know the little kids next door and across the street. And those people had been living there for 30 or 40 years and so had my grandparents. So it was vital that we knew each other. But walking into that school was more like gray carpet, wooden desks and those metal chairs and uh, stuff like that, like it was a little bit more, I'm just saying, you, you wanted me here, so I'm here now, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it was a little bit more education to prison pipeline for me. And I know those words now because I'm 40. But back then, I didn't know it. But I'm giving you my impression of how I came from the creative spot to now the program is <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> how I want to look mm-hmm. at it.
0: And so that's all I remember about that particular experience then when I moved closer into the other neighborhood it went to Ottawa Elementary which Um, by the way
1: are these neighborhoods close together or are they far away did you move very far away actually they're very close
0: Um, oh they're close the area that we moved to was more like the inner city kids that went to that school with me in particular kind of was we were all like on the other end so it was like to the right of us was uh, the end with like maybe like the doctors, the lawyers and like, you know, certain type of plans. And then we were like smack in the middle of the end of that. And then to the left of me now was all the children that was coming from um, maybe still, you know, parents who had good jobs and those, you know, owned those houses and things like that. But it wasn't quite, it got deeper and deeper into like the inner city. So you were kind of, we were very diverse is what I'm saying at at Mm -hmm. Ottawa, very diverse. So we had a mixture of all of that there. But that school was a great school. I feel like it stayed family for me to be familiar. I like to have a support system. I like to have a village. And I felt that at Ottawa Elementary, I felt like it was family. It was, it was inner city. It was diverse. It was good teachers. It was black. It was white. This, it was that. It was, you know, young. It was old. Our principal wasn't very, she couldn't have been very old, you know, but then we had some older teachers, which, which gives you that, that grandma ordeal, you know? (laughs) So like, it was I feel like it was a mixture of everything. Starting at first grade, I had a teacher, Mrs. Chandler. And if she ever sees this or hear it or anything like that, I want her to know that she was the best. I was so smart because of her. She's been like, you're so and you Pay attention. And you're so, you know, you just, you want this. I always say this. People who know me always know I say, I'm a Leo. Like, I'm a leader. I, I want to be the best at everything that I do. I don't want to slack on, you know, anything if it has my name attached to it. So I would always want to be the best, whatever she gave. And she turned me into, like, her little helper. So, and then I remember she had um, made me, like, a mentor. And I, ha- I still have all these little certificates and stuff um, that I got for, like, being a mentor. I, I would help um, kids with their math. In my third grade, I had a really good teacher named, I'm sorry, no, it was my fourth grade teacher named Mr. Michaela. Mr. Michaela was amazing. He, along with Mrs. Chandler, is a very important part of my makeup. And I say that seriously, because I don't think that we understand how much time we spend with people outside of our parents that can shape us and make us and break us. So... What Mr. McCaleb did for me was he helped me really establish that confidence that I had in everything. He kind of gave me like tools that I needed, like, like he saw me, like he like, mm-hmm. I see you, we are very confident here, ma'am. He used to call me one of a kind. And, you know, nowadays you can't even say stuff like that because people may catch it as being inappropriate because it's so many devils in the world but back then we didn't have to feel like that because it felt more safer you know and now you don't know what you can say to people kids and what you can't but when he would give me my work I would always doodle on my work because I'm a thinker and so when I'm thinking really hard and things like that I doodle and I would always put hearts on my paper and I would shade them in and my favorite colors were like pink purple and I don't know they're the very light girly colors. And I would just draw hearts and I would color them in, but I would forget to write my name because I didn't sit and did be that the whole time. And then he always bring me my paper back, like, oh, I know this is you because here goes your heart and stuff. You didn't put your name, but you made sure you put your heart. And so we would laugh about that. And then one day he just wrote one of a kind on one of my papers. And he was like, you know, you're one of a kind when he gave it to me. And then it was on the paper and it, and it just always stuck with me. I remember used to wanting to make him proud as well. I was kind of bossy, really. <laughs> so, I'm like, wait, 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 that doesn't go like that. You know? But I just really wanted to, I wanted it to be how, you know, it was supposed to be. I wanted it to be in order. I wanted everybody to see it the right way. Because when things aren't in order, you don't see them the right way. So I'm like, t- you know, finding these little moments that is creating Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that created Candace in those years of mentoring younger kids and you know being the teacher's pet kind of and the favorite because that's what I like to say and being the favorite and stuff like that was that I got to know a lot of the kids and it matured me in a way and like I was like I always tell my kids like I was the kid that was standing up to the bullies that were bullying people. That was, like, big for me. Like, I hated to see people being picked on. I felt like I was a cool kid, and I, I was popular growing up because I was so outgoing, and I feel like that showed and reflect that I was a good person. But also, with that being said, I'll come pick up my tray, and I'll come sit next to the kid that doesn't really talk very much, hasn't made a lot of friends, and so on and so forth. I'm confident, and I had mm-hmm. built up confidence in my teachers that,
1: poured into me were letting me know that I was the leader. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I hated middle school. So happy to hear that you had a great <laughs> I experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And I wish everybody could have a great middle school experience. I feel like middle school was vibrant. Walking into those doors, I was ready to get with my friends, you know, like from the, the summer hat path. And a lot of times you don't get to see everybody because you're a kid. Not like you can really just, linked up with everybody. Um I was excited for my growth. I, I remember it was that school in particular was it reminded me of stigley school if I had to say if I had to you know put it oh, in a wow. category because everything was programmed. The the desk, the the curriculum, the okay. lunch time, the not being being flexible in our learning. So it gives me that same vibe. But we, we had great moments there because we had some good teachers. We had education. We actually, I feel like we we really had education. Like, I don't feel like they slapped anywhere on education. I remember doing projects and I want to say it was maybe like drama class where you had to do commercial. And you had to design your whole set and everything. In our tech classes, we did things like music. We had a a music booth where a lot of the boys went in and they did design beats and stuff like that. We had Mm module. Yep. And you know, of course, all the boys wanted to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Most of them. So that dynamic for me is the thing that shaped me the most. All the other stuff. The fact that I did notice that it wasn't very creative in a way. I did notice that it felt programmed, like any other school. I did feel like it was too structured. Like I was a young kid that I, I was. I always say I never lost my, like my strong intuition. You know how when you're kids and you're really smart, people don't know how you're really smart. You're just really smart. Because we're aware of everything. We haven't yet, you know, lost that part of us that see those things. I feel like eventually we get corrupt with what's going on in the world and around us and the things that are shaping us. So those are the things that I was able to always pinpoint that I didn't like or feeling programmed or structured or, you know, things like that. I like the idea of more like Montessori type idea where it's kind of based around a kid's need, you know? sometimes that will destroy kids and put them in a box. And so those are the things that I saw that I didn't like there, that you were being put in the box. And that didn't work for me. And trust and believe, I was always the one like, you won't be putting me in a box. (laughs) Call my mom. (laughs) She'll fail you. (laughs) I don't get put in boxes. So I was the one standing up for stuff like, no, that's not right. I'll, I'll take the suspension or the Detention or the timeout or whatever it is to be like that. I don't like that. That's not fair. That's not right. You guys said do it like this and then like that. And now we don't know what we're doing and now we're in trouble or however it seems to be unfair. So tell me yes. about high school. So I, I, I start out by saying so most of the kids that I have been going to school with actually went to Ottawa Hills High School. Yeah. Because that was kind of that dynamic. You went to Ottawa Elementary, you went to Iroquois, which was hooked on, and then you would go to Ottawa Hills High School. But I didn't want to go there. Oh, okay. Really? I so didn't so you could go. choose? You could choose like that? So I think it was school of choice back then, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. Schools of, yeah, the law was passed in 94. Yeah. So, yep. So I was able to go to Creston High School. I
0: only went there for my ninth and my 10th grade year. I honestly really just kind of like slacked off for my ninth Mm -hmm. and 10th grade year. I was kind of like Mm -hmm. skipping class, being late, leaving out
1: the building and stuff like that. Do you, do you have any recollection why was it because you felt like you were bored, disengaged, or something else was going on in your life? Or I really just think that
0: maybe because the structure wasn't there, so okay. it allowed me to yeah. do so. But I think that if the structure would have been there, then I would have known that I had to do it. Discipline is something that I learned in my older age of Mm -hmm. now that I should have had more of it throughout my life. And then I would probably have made different decisions. I do not feel like I had a lot of discipline. And so wherever discipline lacked is where I kind of messed up, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was shooting the breeze or whatever. (laughs) So, yeah. So for ninth and tenth grade, I kind of just chilled out. Played around in class. Uh, was did mm-hmm. a little social. I made good friends with the teachers and stuff. I was still my regular hand mm-hmm. one-of-a-kind self. So it was not like I was like a headache to see come in. They were pretty much prompting me all the time. Like, look, here's the work you missed last time. Do this and then do that. So I would feel like I, I always can catch up. It's not a big deal. But then I got pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was 10th mm-hmm. grade summer. So... I kind of was like, oh, shoot, like now I'm like behind. (laughs) So, yeah, I I grew up, I had to grow up uh, that summer. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like a pregnant teenager. I was a pregnant 16-year-old and I had to make some big decisions. I I wasn't no longer playing with my friends anymore and, and, you know, going to the football games and stuff like that. So I think um, my mom, she went to Park School, which was the school for pregnant young women when she was 17 and pregnant with me. And so she told me about that school. And yeah, I I felt like it was time to, you know, stop playing. I had to be a big girl now. Actually, this was the first school that I felt a bit nervousness going into. And I feel like that was because I was 16 and pregnant. It had nothing to necessarily do with the school. I do feel like I actually don't really remember any of the teachers there. And that's very surprising for me. Maybe they didn't want to get too attached to girls and kids, and families. I really don't know. I don't know what it was, but there was only one person attached to that school. And she was actually not a part of the school. She was like outsourced nurse that they sent you. She was like a home care nurse for you. And she would come to my house. She would um, help me do my homework. She would hold my son, feed him, mm-hmm. give me mothering skills and tips. Wow. That's Um, so great. Amazing. Amazing. Like, to be perfectly honest, if I wouldn't have made that decision, life would have went totally different for me. But had they not been there to support me with the nurse coming to my house, my mom was working second shift. So I was at home at 16 with my kid, raising my kid, still having to, you know, feed myself and my kid. And I had a younger sister who was there with me as well. Yep, she came in. I a really good support system to teach me how to breastfeed. I already knew how to make bottles. But, you know, she showed you the, the proper right ways to do stuff. boil the nipple. She would change my son's diaper. She would clean him up sometimes if he needed to be like, if he threw up or anything while she was there. And then she, sometimes she, we would get him to sleep and then she would sit there and just help me with my homework and help me, you know, get things done. So that was really amazing for me. Yeah, like I feel like if I would have not had that, I would not have been such a great mom because I wouldn't have learned those things. We also had booklets, parenting skills, stuff that we went through. Yeah, so I learned a lot from the school because the school had parenting classes as
1: well. And this was a GRPS school?
0: Yes, okay. it no
1: longer exists, but it mm-hmm.
0: used to. The school is still there, but they just don't exist, and it sits right okay. on the corner of Adam and Fuller. After I finished up with the ninth and the tenth and eleventh grade credit, and once again, I had a decision: I can go back to Creston and graduate, which is what my mind wanted me to do, or mm-hmm. I can go to alternative school, which I had been hearing other kids talk about that slacked in school and needed to catch up on credits it was kids that got recommended through probation and stuff like that that went to these alternative schools mm-hmm. so yeah it was very different so it was more like my mom thought that those were for bank kids mm-hmm. <laughs> she felt like well it's a, it's a bunch of kids who what, ain't been doing their work and they've been fighting or they going to juvenile. Or whatever, and that's not the goal. Like that's not where you need to be. Like she already felt like I had done such a good job of getting myself back together, you know, schooling wise and being a parent and stuff like that. She wanted me to stay on, so to speak, what the right path was. And once again, you know, I don't follow trends and I like to do things that I want to do and I want to feel good about what I'm doing and the decisions I'm making. Um, and, I, and I was a mom at the time. And I felt like I didn't fit back into high school dynamics anymore. Makes so I much sense. Like,
1: yeah, of course. You know, no, I'm like,
0: I'm no kid anymore, guys. I don't know. Like, how do you go back to your high school? Yeah, mom, know. You know? Right. And know. so I'm just like, no, that's not going to work. So I chose to go to uh, the YCDC, the Youth right. Career Development Center. Now, mind you, I grew up in the inner city. But I wasn't a kid that really came from like a bad home. I wasn't poor. And I'm just saying this being like, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to think that I'm saying something negative on any other people. I'm just stating my di- dynamics of what I perceive to be my life. So I kind of was going into a school that you would call a ghetto. So it was kind of like, I'm like, oh, I don't really know what to expect. So I'm like, I don't want nobody bothering me. I don't want no, you know, drama. I got a kid. I'm a mom. I'm trying to just finish this little last year. we going about my business. I had a license. I had bought a car. My mom had money saved for me in an account. And she was like, well, here's the right time to have it. You <laughs> got a kid now. And then my dad actually gave me money towards buying a car. So, like. I was pretty good to be a 16-year-old with toting the kid around. I was in my own car. I had, you know, everything that I needed. I started YCDC. I walked in the doors and I was like, hey, I'm here. (laughs) And the teacher loved me. The principal was great. The ladies in the office were really good to, you know, have as a support system. They were Black women. Actually, the whole school, except for one guy, was all Black teachers, male and women makeup. And I think we had one teacher. He was white. He was our math teacher, but he was really cool. It was a, it was a family dynamic because it was small. I feel like that's right. where people get us wrong from the alternative perspective. They think that it's just like not so smart kids or bad kids and stuff like that. But actually you have to be really smart to work independently. Our teacher wasn't sitting up for a whole hour teaching us a, a lesson. They were giving us work and then they were hitting on some things for us and then being there to be a support if you needed help.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you pretty much had to take everything home and do all your work. Like I would just do work at home. I would just spend hours of doing work. My right. workbook, my worksheet, my research, whatever I had to do, felt like that school kind of gave me a really, really different outlook on the community. Mm -hmm. And the want and the needs of the community, the lack of education in the community. It was girls there that was pregnant as well. It it was boys that had been back and forth in the juvenile and they were only, you know, 17. It was boys on probation. It was boys whose moms was in the streets doing drugs. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was, I got a real good taste of the real heart of the community and how it was looking from that perspective. Because mm-hmm. mind you, I said I had been going to school with kids that were kind of in the inner city. But we were like all in the like middle of moving into like the gooder part of the neighborhood. So that school in particular just gave me my outlook on community. And it kind of prompted me to, you know, trying to figure out what did I want to do afterwards. Which brings me up to the present day. I am working in mm-hmm. a home care environment but working with children but I actually prior to this year for four years I was running three of my own businesses I was successful but it wasn't where my heart was at and I don't like to do things where my heart is not at and it was dragging me down because it was it wasn't giving me that energy that feels the fire inside me which is that family, that support, that community, that being familiar, being loving, being pouring into other people and things like that. And so that is the makeup of me.
1: Did your sons attend GRPS too or yes, they did, but actually
0: when they got into their high school years, they attended Wyoming schools. They both went to Kellogg's deal as they were moving forward into, like, high school. And that was because my oldest son had got kicked out of graphic public schools for a fight that he had got into. And so that is what sent us out that way. Did your sons like going to Wyoming schools? Did they do better there, I guess? So, actually, I did not have a good experience in Wyoming Miami School. That wasn't our community, and I felt like right. we should have passed it there in the first place. I didn't Got know it. anybody there. I didn't have a support system. They were not looking to give me a support system. It wasn't family. It wasn't community. It wasn't friendship. It wasn't
1: anything that would have helped.
0: Yep. that's. Um, that
1: education to prison pipeline i was wondering it does seem like as girls though we can kind of get through the system a little bit better than the boys mm-hmm. because we have yeah. the socialization yeah. part and which is why I, I had a hard time in middle school because i wasn't quite understanding how to do that but then by the time i got to high school i figured it out <laughs> and it felt much better but yeah. you know you can get through school with your friends but, but yeah. for some reason with the boys it's just different. And I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's not like they don't have friends, but it's like their focus is somehow a little bit different. And I don't know.
0: And I I would like to just add, I think for a lot of young men that I knew and I was growing up with, especially with Black men, I feel like a lot of people look at them as unteachable. They look at them, we say a lot of times that they can't get aggressive or anything like that because they're automatically going to look at as a threat. They're not looked at as if they need the structure and things that women need. And when we're young girls growing up, we're being taught how to cook, how to clean, how to take care of a family. We're being really poured into it. With boys, they're being taught discipline, be strong, be hard, don't cry, you're okay provide protect so they're not getting everything that we're getting who's teaching them how to cook how to Mm -hmm. clean about Mm -hmm. their credit how to be responsible where to go next so like we're automatically being taught all those Mm -hmm. little pinpoints of everything and they're not and that's kind of how i look at it from my perspective from the young men that i watch grow up in my community I just felt like for the young ladies, somebody was always on them. For the young men, it was kind of like, oh, he bad. He don't listen. He going to be in jail. He ain't going to do nothing with his life. He's going to have a bunch of kids. You know, they are just putting that on them instead of just pouring all those good things into Mm -hmm. them. And I mean, I feel like even myself, my older two are boys, 23 and 20. My younger two are girls, 14 and 11. So I have been able to raise the set and respect. So from my experience on myself, when I've had to grow and check myself, I've learned that I did the same thing too, because Mm -hmm. I was taught by my mom and my grandmother who had been taught that that's how it was supposed to be done. So I was teaching them to be tons, And when, as my girls was growing up, I was teaching them how to, you know, do self-care, maintenance on themselves, cook, clean, get good grades. And not saying that, I wasn't teaching my boys to get good grades, but I guess I felt like I didn't have to say that to them, but so like the, if I would have did more of the nurturing with them, I would have seen a different shift in both of
1: them. Thank you so much, Candace. This was an incredible interview. I mean, it, your schooling experience totally explained so much about what your values and your commitments mm-hmm. are. So Ooh. I really appreciate your story and the time that you took uh, in a busy you. day and your busy life. And I, I feel like I have a lot to think about, especially towards the end and how going to the alternative school was eye-opening and also mm-hmm. how having a child changes you. It's so, good for my spirit today. I appreciate me too. Me too. Okay. Thanks for listening. Before we go, I want to thank Amanda Anka, a graduate student in communications at Grand Valley State University, for her skillful editing, podcast cover art, and the title of this podcast series. I also want to note that the digital files and transcripts of these oral histories are held by the Grand Rapids African American Museum and Archives. For more information about the museum, go to www.gramma.org.